Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 541, recording today, Wednesday, the 18th of July. Uh, you might feel that if you're in the UK, summer just ended because it's now overcast. It's still very, very hot. <laughs> this, I don't know, this building is just seems to retain heat, even though it's quite chilly outside by comparison. It's boiling in here. Anyway, that's, uh, I digress. As usual, as an intro, uh, I want to say hello and welcome to Sonic Talk podcast. Uh, this is to do with music technology, computers, software, uh, live production, synthesizers, drum machines, anything you like to, uh, that surrounds the ecosystem of making and producing live music or electronic music or recorded music, any of those things. So I want to welcome you. I also want to say hello to our uh, sponsors, uh, Isotope. Uh, we have, in fact, got a competition for you this week. I'm going to run it now because uh, you can win a copy of uh, their Isotope Vocal Synth. We're looking for the hashtag five vocal tools. That's the number five and vocal tools and the hashtag vocal synth two to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And you can win a copy of their vocal synth processor which has some fantastic stuff we'll play a little promo for that later on if you want to enter the competition though we're looking for the hashtag five vocal tools and the hashtag vocal synth two to at sonic state and at isotope anyway got that stuff out of the way that's good i'll see if i remember to play the video later as well so uh we'll join uh, our our guests uh, let's see who we've got first mm, i'll start over here we have mr matthew hodson uh matt hodson music, or matthew hodson hey, music. who's there i'm guessing you're at bim which is your uh um, where you teach electronic music type yeah, stuff, right? That's right. Yeah, I'm here at the college um, at BIM Brighton. Yeah, I'm the course leader for the BA Honours in Music Production in uh, most of my duties these days, as well also trying to fit all the other things around it. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me again. You're very welcome. Also want to say, uh, I think we have uh, Mr. Mylar Melody somewhere in the chat room there. I think I saw him yeah, there somewhere. Yeah, I saw him. Yeah. So uh, hello to Mylar. I was playing a little bit Mylar. of a preview because uh, I've just reviewed the Moog Grandmother. I noticed my pronunciation of Moog. I was generally on on point, but I did say Moog a few times, so I do apologise in the past. Anyway, that'll be coming out in a few days. Just give you a little preview there. Uh, of course, if you subscribe to Sonic State, uh, uh, when we stream live at 4pm every uh, Wednesday, uh, you can, not only can you join the YouTube chat room or, or IRC, but you quite often get a little preview of stuff to come and uh, some preamble, if that's the sort of thing that you get, and that's only exclusive to the, the kind of non-edited version. Uh, anyway, I also want to say hello to Mr Gaz Williams, gazwilliams.me, bass player, producer, music technologist, and um, yes. inhabitor of upper regions of studios in houses. Wow, <laughs> terrible. How are you, Gaz? I'm, I'm, I'm chuffed, I am, because, um, well, I'm assuming it was Eric who tweeted that the sledge profile for omnisphere 2.5 is they've just done it and they did it for me i'm so hey. pleased so uh oh, wow. because yeah because i reckon a sledge is going to be you know when you apply that omnisphere 2.5 the hardware integration it, it, the way that works i mean if you're not if you're not sure what that is check it out because it's absolutely stunning but imagine that with the sledge the sledge has got the most absolutely brilliant logical layout yeah. so to have the sledge as just a giant omnisphere controller is a bit cool um so quite excited about that yeah uh, so excited i actually had a dream about me playing it so it was um wow yeah 
<laughs> so that, well, that's good. And for those of perhaps you're wondering what's going on, the Omnisphere 2.5 mm. update uh, uh, created kind of hardware templates for the similar kind of structure of the hardware synthesizer inside Omnisphere. And then that means you can use the controls of your hardware synth to control the software version. And in many cases, mm. what it did is it got around certain limitations of the hardware synth, but using the hardware synth control. You're right, the sledge is a really good uh, yeah. example because there's so much space around all the controls, isn't there? Definitely. I mean, it, you know, it has possibly, I think, the nicest layout, you know, irrespective of the sound engine, which I really enjoy. The layout is just terrific. It's sort of it's roughly based on a on a mini Moog. Um, but one of the great things with the Omnisphere integration is the fact that uh, just from an initialized patch, if I was, for instance, to turn the reverb control up on the sledge, it would instantiate automatically a reverb in the Omnisphere rack without having to do that. Similarly, you know, if I if I set up and uh, using the sledge's own modulation, it will set that up in the modulation matrix within Omnisphere without you having to do anything like that. So I think it's such a clever idea. And according to Eric, they're going to try and support as many synths. Yeah, great. Well, I mean, depending can. on how long, how long it takes, you know, but yeah. Well, yeah. And also the criteria being they really need them to be USB devices as well, I think, don't they? That's, I think that's probably uh, maybe the, the, the requirement, the requirement, I think. I'm not sure about that, but um well uh, yes yeah, so you i just want yeah. to put this out there because uh, a couple of people in the chat room goes what is this thing you call a sledge and this is the sledge uh -huh. uh, it's the uh virtual analog uh from studio logic uh that's very custard yellow and it's i reviewed it uh, there's a re it's quite old now but it's had a few firmware updates mm. that really improve mm. its uh, capabilities there is the sledge the other black sledge as well isn't there which is the yeah, sort of that's uh, very nice, different looking thing yeah it looks dead cool the black sledge and with the black and gray keyboard i've never seen that really or it's yeah, nice it's nice super cool yeah i mm. i would I, if i had room or a need i would because uh, it's that again it it's almost worth setting it up as a generic midi controller because you've effectively on most you know you've got parameters controls for what you'll find in most subtractive synthesizers i mean obviously if you're getting but i mean stronger stuff it's going to be a bit yeah that's the thing though about the omnisphere thing is that you don't have to map anything you know, you don't yeah. have to. They've well, yeah, got but all you can mapping. only use Omnisphere to do that. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, fair play. No, yeah, fair play. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. yeah. Okay, um, right. Well, let's get on. I mean, uh, th this is inevitable that we're going to get to this, isn't it? I mean, there's there's items coming up. This is uh, CDM Link, Peter Kern's place. Uh, Peter, Peter Kern's excellent site. Uh, New Apple MacBook Pro revision, boost CPU display, should you buy. Uh, I've obviously got the MacBook Pro here. I, I've been customising one, and I managed to get it up to just £3,689. Uh, and I, that was without me going, let's see, let's add a... Uh, I've got 32 gigs, let's add maybe four terabytes of storage. There we go, six grand. I mean... And <laughs> And, it, and uh, you know, you could immediately say, oh, SSD is much cheaper than that, but it's not. It's that nanotech, Nantech stuff or whatever it's called, which I've got in this MacBook Pro, and it is blindingly fast. So essentially, Apple have updated their MacBook Pro range, and it's, you know, it's a premium product. But mm. I have to say, I mean, I bought one um, last year. Was it the year before? January last year. 
um, because a friend of mine just sort of got in touch and said, hey, I've got a mate in the Apple store. You can get, so I can get you a discount. So was, I wasn't even planning on buying it, but I've been very happy with it so far, apart from obviously mm. the uh, bag of clag nuts I have to carry around with it. Yeah. But, but this, this is, I mean, this is, the big, you know, this is, it's a big thing, isn't it? I mean, we know that desktop, the Apple desktops have not really had any love and the laptops are really starting to get powerful, but you are paying a massive premium for this. And I know a lot of people run Macintoshes. I, I tell you what, though, why do they have to be so stinking antagonistic? You know, where is the escape key? You know, I don't think you've got an escape key on <laughs> either. But how dare they do such a terror? You know, like escape yeah, there is. key. It's on there the touch on... bar. It's on the touch bar. Oh, but is that like kind of? But escape is like a really crucial button in it to be hardware. You know, uh, escape. It's the escape pod. It's the way out. It's help. You know, it's. You know, <laughs> I don't think it's, a deal. it's not a deal breaker. <laughs> You don't reckon? Anyway. Not for me, no. Oh, do you think I'm? Just think I'm well, there is because there is there is an escape key. You know, it's on <laughs> it's on the touch bar. I mean, I I must admit the touch bar is isn't that, something I've used a lot of. Is but... is that dependent you... on what the touch bar's doing though? No, it's always there. I think so, but I would you, you, I, I, I think... wouldn't testify in court. I think there's an option. You can you can either have the touch bar update depending on what app you're on and what functionality you're doing, which causes some users a bit of a headache because it's constantly flashing and changing depending on what app you're on. Or you can go into the preferences yeah. and just say leave it as the default so it just you've always got escape and brightness and the the traditional F functions, I think. So I can understand that. But um uh. I don't know if you did you guys see the video that was posted earlier this morning where uh, this YouTuber, he's got about 1.4 million subscribers and he's done a test and he was rendering out some Final Cut Pro stuff. And he found that the processor gets throttled because the machine overheats so much that it actually starts throttling um, the power that, um, that oh, it's really? able to process it off. Oops. And it actually performed worse than the previous processor. What? And and this guy even <laughs> this guy's brilliant. He put his Mac, he put the laptop then in a freezer with the door open to cool it down. Ran the same tests again, and it was blindingly fast. So it just proved that it, it can't actually call itself. It's too powerful for itself for the chassis that it's in to actually do what it's meant to do. Um, you should watch that it. Is, that is curious. I mean, there are other options. I mean, you know, um, we had a chap here um, just the other day, a guy called Simon Stokes, who was filming some stuff on Ableton for us. That's going to be coming up quite soon. And he was using a Dell XPS 15, which was really nice, very similar. And he was just running Ableton Live on it. But one of the reasons he did that, and this is this is a, just a general aside, is there's something in that there's a there's a hardware dithering that changes uh, the pixel depth on the Mac laptops from uh, six bits to eight bits to get that true color, but it 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 has a certain frequency that some people are really sensitive to. He happens to be Ooh. one of them, and he can't use a Mac because it gives him the worst migraines. You know, they're sort of like got to mm. go to bed for a couple of days migraines, and this is an issue. You know, on on PCs that that. There are ways to address that at a kernel level. You can you can get little utilities that will disable that that uh, bit dithering, whereas on a Mac it's not possible. And you know we were when we were here, we were filming him, and we we ended up turning our LEDs off and we put some tungsten up because it was it, the, he's so sensitive to that. It's actually pulse width modulation in a lot of cases. You get this very fast flickering. I mean, I I can't detect it, but he and many other people. Are, um, uh, what's it called? It's called FRC. Says Wagyu in the chat room. I shall just see if I can throw that one up. Bit the bit depth interpolation stuff. Let's see if I can send that. I can get yeah. It's called FRC, uh, and it, 
and it's definitely something that you need to watch out for. But I mean, that's an aside. It may be something that they can fix. I mean, I know that the people at Apple are probably able to do it, but it happens apparently post graphics card. Mm. It's some it's in some sort of hardware chip. But obviously, there are other mm. options. I mean, this is the thing. It's and this is the other thing. You know, once you get to like a mid the mid range uh, laptop, uh, Apple. Uh, MacBook is still about two and a half grand. You know, that's a lot of money. Mm. And you can get, you know, there are now a lot mm. of other options. And I think Apple are in danger of losing their kind of core market because, you know, well. previously they've been the most powerful and they're not so much anymore. So it's actually going to be mm. uh, certainly for price for buck. And it, that, 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 get, that disparity seems to have got wider. Even though I, you know, my laptop, I'm really pleased with it. For when we use it, I mean, specifically for rendering video, I mean, it's not so much a problem, but bottlenecks in audio. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, it flies through video so fast. Yeah. I mean, it's very impressive. Do, are you... Is it, yeah. Sorry, go, go guys. I was just saying, I mean, it, it seems like a fairly limited range, though, as well, isn't it? You know, the 13-inch the and the 15-inch, you don't get any bigger screens. I mean, I had the last generation of the 17-inch, and I know a lot of uh, professionals kind of were sad to see the 17-inch go. Um, and it's it seems like just to go to the 15-inch uh, is quite a premium, isn't it, from the 13-inch? You know, and like, God, it feels really weird that uh, that 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 the, these small screens is all we've got. Um, you know, that the, that they don't cater for anything larger. I mean, is that on the assumption look, that people uh, thirteen just... inch starts at twelve forty nine, goes mm -hmm. up to seventeen forty nine with Touch Bar, and the fifteen inch starts at uh, two thousand three hundred forty nine, goes to two six nine. That's without yeah. upgrading the processor or any of that stuff. Yeah, right? so but, it's like a you know. That just to get a 15 inch is like the big premium you just sort of find that a bit odd i would still prefer uh a, like a, a larger screen like a 17 inch screen if i was looking for a laptop personally i just i just find that a bit peculiar that they've absolutely abandoned that i mean i guess it's to do with the industrial design it must be so expensive well, yeah, but maybe you, i mean to be fair there aren't that many bodies. laptops there aren't that many laptops that go to 70 there used to be a range you know you would be able to get mm. other 17 inch laptops. i mean i'm sure you can still get them but that's dropped down i wonder if it's just the panels right. have become just, less less you know uh, available i know um Matthew, do you you yeah. what, do you use laptops for live? I mean, what's yeah. your kind of? I mean, this this what I'm broadcast what I'm coming to you live today is a 2013 MacBook Pro, 16 gig of RAM, 512 SSD, and this has been my studio. This has been everything since 2013, and it's great. And it, it you know music rendering, it's absolutely fabulous. Yesterday, it actually took a nosedive, and I've got a big crack across the screen now, oh, and no. it's flickering. Oh. So, I'm actually I've got to I've got to now decide. You know, it's 2013 machine. Do I actually make this upgrade now? Bite the bullet and go for the new laptop, or get the the screen fixed? The mm. thing about this one as well, because it's a unibody, that the actual rubber feet came off it. Would you believe? And you can't fix them unless you take it apart and put these rubber feet internally in to, and make them pop out. So in terms of wow. heat as well, it's never raised up off the ground properly, so it also gets very hot. But, yeah, I'm, I've am i been using this 2013. I use this live. I use it for work. I use it in the studio. It goes pretty much everywhere with me. And it has been a power horse. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, this thing about, you know, the throttling of speeds and stuff, these – these are still powerful machines. Let's give them that. But they, these are aimed at pros. This is a MacBook Pro after all. And they're aimed at us who are doing this kind of work. We're not just sat here using Word and, and flicking through the internet. We're doing some quite 
chunky work on it a lot of the time, aren't we? So you really expect them to stand up and, you know, do what they're meant to be doing and not let you down. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, though. I mean, because many of the uh, software products that much of us use, certainly in audio, a lot of them are cross-platform now. I mean, not all of them. Yeah. I wonder if that distinction is kind of largely irrelevant now. It's just kind of whatever suits your budget, really. And maybe, you know, if you mm. like the Windows system or whatever. But, I mean, a lot of a yeah. lot of what we do takes place in the browser or, you know, mm. the, 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 the internet browser or in an application like Ableton Live. You know, when uh, 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 Simon was using Ableton Live on his Dell, it was you know, there was no discernible difference whatsoever. So maybe it's, yeah. it's, it's largely irrelevant now. But yeah, most of the, most of the things have gone across anyway, haven't they? I mean, Fruity Loops is on the Mac now and it's digital performers on the PC, just logic more or less, isn't it? Just yeah. Logic, isn't it? yeah. That's the only one mm. it would seem. What well, I'm interested in, this is a second generation now of the MacBook since they've uh, have all of the ports other than these kind of USB c ports is that right this yeah i think so now are manufacturers now always including a, a USB C cable in their packaging i mean i haven't i hardly see no. them in anything um, we did recently. we did a piece on the audience uh the audience id 44 and that comes with a mm-hmm. USB C to usb okay uh, connection and adapters right. as well i mean the other oh, thing okay, that's, that's good. you know good the other see. thing that is worth mentioning about uh that this new generation of apples i mean they've been around for a while is we've got usb-c's mm-hmm. thunderbolt and that's still we bought you know we bought a new on this the pc that this production is running on is a desktop you know is a is a, a very modern motherboard that hasn't got usb-c as standard it hasn't got thunderbolt mm-hmm. as standard it came with a little card that would go to USB. so that fast bus is actually you know even though we've got all the dongle issues and what have you, it's still a very uh, it's a, it's a very powerful feature that's sometimes overlooked. I think the fact that you can bus out so quickly, uh, mm. even though you do need adapters for everything. I mean, you know, the other day I just uh, I was trying to do uh, a return feed to somebody on an old laptop which just got firewire, and it's like, mm, how am I going to do this? And I found a couple of cables and an old <laughs> one of our one of the very first cameras that we use, which is the Sony PC one ten, I think it was, and I was like, I wonder if I can do that. And I'm so I send a, a feed out from this system on. Uh, um, on what was it? It was uh, S video into the camera in record mode. Then from the camera firewire into that, and that mm. turned up as a Skype video input. It's like you, yeah. I mean, to do that on a modern machine, you just be like, no, you spend about yeah. four hundred quid on adapters just to have that happen. So that's it. I think you've hit the nail on the head. With I'm not only am I considering now upgrading to the new line of MacBooks, but I'm sat here and I'm looking at my sound cards connected via USB. Uh, I've got a Thunderbolt adapter for Ethernet, and I've got the amazing the, the battery uh, magnetic connection, which is gone from the new ones as well. I don't know how many times that saved my life when I've got up, kicked my power cable. It's just popped out, and my machine stayed where it was without tumbling to the floor. Um, but, yeah, that's gone, isn't it, I think, in the new range because it's ah. replaced by the USB-C. Don't like that. I think no, I don't. In, that's important. But well, mm-hmm. mind you, you 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 said you dropped your laptop, so it didn't do you much good. <laughs> in, the end, in the end, anyway. Well, anyway, I didn't yeah. want to turn this into too much of a Mac or PC thing. But I think the the interesting thing is that you know much of the software that you can get, you know, yeah. certainly across many of many of the things that we use are available in both formats. So it's it's kind of you know that's a moot point so much now. Uh, okay, right. Well, here's something else. How about this? This is the... Uh... Hello there and welcome to Bow Beats. Bo Beats. Today we're checking out the updated mixer from Roland, the Go Mixer Pro. 
Now this is the update to the Go Mixer, which was really useful for, uh, I know that uh, Jim Hayward, who was reporting from uh, NAM for us, was using it to get kind of demos in on his Pro iPhone, and just so he got a line Similarities level. with the original Go Mixer, the main difference being that they've added a phantom-powered mic input. Now, if you're not familiar with the Go Mixer series, it's sort of a mix between an audio interface and a mixer. So you have multiple inputs and you have dedicated controls for them, setting the levels but you can only record to a stereo or mono track, so you can't do multi-tracking. The original Go Mixer didn't have phantom power, so they Okay, well, I, I mean, the full review is available on Bowbeats channel. In fact, uh, Bowbeats, I did an interview with Bowbeats a couple of weeks ago, which I think is online there. It did, uh, it was really good fun, so I just wanted to plug that, so do check out his stuff. Um, these little portable mixers really handy, particularly now uh, with 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 the phone cameras being so good i mean you can get like a multi-channel mm. mix into your phone and you're off yeah you know? makes me feel yeah. carrying all that yeah. stuff around that i do i just sort of thinking hmm, mm. Mm. i i mean this does look cool uh i thought the original gold mix looked great other than that thing about now it's got that little switch on that sort of toggles the loopback uh function which uh on the original go mix it didn't have that and that was the absolute deal breaker it meant you could use it for streaming or for live but to overdub over anything you just couldn't because it would record uh the output of the phone at the same time so it just wouldn't allow for sort of um you know do you remember those days in the 90s when you'd buy a sound card and you know half duplex full duplex it was a bit like that but the new one though thankfully has a little switch on there so it means you can actually use it as a functional um audio interface albeit just two in two out even though it's got all those different inputs it just sort of creates like a, a stereo in stereo out affair however i mean they are really good sounding i mean this new one is caught hell of a funny look about it that that kind of battery pack for <laughs> the uh phantom power it just is yeah. looks like such a strange addition uh what i would like to see is an update for the original go mix i think that actually that makes more sense personally for the just like really small in the pocket doesn't need any batteries but it just needs that one switch that loopback switch so that's what i would like to see but saying that i do think this looks this does look really good though um you know Makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. I like seeing those, you know, a pair of mini jack stereo inputs there, as well as the as well as yeah. the two jack big jack inputs, uh, and it's got like a another mic input on like a plug-in power, like a lavalier type input as well. So it's an absolute plethora of inputs. Um, but there's no software for this. There's no mixer for it. You know, it's all just what you see is what it is. Essentially, it's a very very simple device. But I mean, you know, for for streamers and that sort of thing, yeah, I think it's super, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I Streaming. mean, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Matt, I, I mean, you know, just, I mean, even just for this sort of situation, you could be doing this on your iPad or on your phone. You don't need the full kind of uh, uh, yeah. desktop experience to do this. I mean, it's browser based, and as long as you can use this. And mixing multiple channels in is very handy. Absolutely. Stream is not going anywhere. And you can make something as convenient, as lightweight, as portable as this. That sounds pretty good. It's a winner, really. I was mm. really taken as well. And I've just been looking a little bit at the, the software that you can use on your phone. The, have you looked at this, the 4X camera app that Roland no. do? It goes hand in hand with this, and it allows you to have oh. four different iOS devices stream to one main device. Whoa! So, yeah, you've suddenly got four musicians who are, who are all plugged into the Go oh. Mix, split on the screen like we are, and then being streamed at the same time. 
Happy days. Well, the, there is there, we there is. I mean, we use uh, I can't remember what it's Switcher. called now. Switcher, Switcher, Switcher Studio, Switcher, which is the yeah. same thing. You have remote remote cameras mm -hmm. and bring them in. I suppose you yeah. could do the same thing, but that's that's neat, definitely. But I mm. think I think is the it... camera app is free, and yeah. Um, then there's I'm another one where they they can do it. There's one called Virtual Stage Camera where they can replace the background <laughs> and make it look like you're on in the O2 or something like that. Yeah, um, all of that stuff. I, do you, I've on that on that app can i just ask yeah uh, that app can you can you go full screen on any of the on any of the uh, can you um, toggle full screen or is it just fixed i'm just trying full, to load the picture the cameras load are. the load the uh, <laughs> um the mm -hmm. here we go easy way to create split yeah, screen no download um easy way to create mm. split screen uh four cameras so you have ah it's a, it's a it's a split screen thing export your yeah. video share your performance uh uh, blah, 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 uh, just the volume. Trim, oh, there's, video. there's, um, 10 different split screen patterns, Gaz. So one of those patterns oh, might be, might, might be a four and then you might have a two and you might just have a one yeah. even. Mm -hmm. Let's have a look. Let's have a look at that. That is kind of a neat idea and mm. quite close. I, mm. well, I don't know if I mean, it streams. I, I like you well, can you, reframe it by the looks of things. You oh, can do that. that. You can move it in within the squares. And then trim the clips. Oh, That's a neat that. idea. That's, that is cool. And, and adjust oh. the volumes. I, I guess. That's... I mean, I, I do. I do live streaming. My current live streaming setup is four GoPros. They go into a, a Roland V mix, and then that goes into my game capture card, and that kind of thing. So when I'm streaming from the studio, when I'm doing my module and jams, that's that's how I'm doing it. I used to use one of these Mevo cameras. I don't know if you've seen those. Yeah, they're Facebook ones. Yeah. Yeah use use one of those but i had issues with connectivity because it was over wireless all the time and it would drop and things like that this this looks actually really cool um i'd mm. stick this on the output of my main mix stereo in from my main mixer um run everything into it i could have two iphones and an ipad connected into this app and uh, i don't know if it does switch it'd be really cool if it no, did automatic I don't know if it switching does. that would ah. be good mm. so you cool. so you've you've got actually you've got a roland uh v-mix i've got one of the roland uh yeah i think that's what they're called isn't it the v-mix and it takes hdmi inputs um, wow just for your because they're, they're, not, they're not cheap are they they're really because we've looked at that they've got they've got great colors yeah. this is not a program about video i suppose so <laughs> have that conversation <laughs> yeah. Okay. but yeah the go mix i think it's going to be around 169 bucks uh from yeah. what i can tell i think so it's really interesting and that's quite chunky. A little bit it? expensive. A yeah. little yeah. bit expensive. I'm thinking also for my students here as well. Um, we do stuff. We do multimedia-based stuff all the time as well. So for them to just be able to to go down to Brighton Beach, plug this in, do some jamming, mm. and just come back then and re-edit footage and audio, I think that could be quite. That can open up quite a, some cool stuff for them to do. That's quite a yeah. premium over the original Go mixing, isn't it? Then I think that was ninety-nine uh, it's bucks, a, wasn't it? The original. Yeah. I'm not sure. Again, if that original GoMix had that switch, no, 75, 74 quid, the GoMix. 74, yeah. And then uh, right, 149, okay. 149 quid, yeah, for the new Double one. Double the price. So that's, a, that's a, yeah, that's a lot for just a phantom power. But that switch, that switch is everything, though, isn't it? It makes it a, a fully usable audio interface, which it's not in the original GoMix. But I guess so. Same. I guess so. Well, uh, I think now what I'll do is I'll play the little uh, the the, the uh, we'll do the competition. If you've been uh, waiting to see whether you won the competition, we can uh, wait no longer. First, a little word from our friends at Isotope. 
This is obviously Vocal, vocal Synth 2, which has just come out. Comes with five really unique and powerful modules, including new Biovox, Vocoder, more bands, improved, more CompuVox, loads more presets, loads more effects, new GUI, TalkBox. Uh, some really interesting stuff you can do with vocal track shaping and with uh, vowel control. Just really powerful. Vocals Evolved, if you check it out at isotope.com forward slash vocal synth, I'm imagining. And we have a winner from last week. Uh, and the winner from last week is somebody called, uh, what they call Bondi, uh, whose Twitter handle is at Porthos Music. And uh, they said... I need vocal synth to help me get over the excitement of the World Cup. Keep up the good work, ladies and gents. Can making great products on mm. the SS podcast isn't bad either. I'm assuming Sonic State rather than anything else. But thank you very much. Uh, so <laughs> at Porthos Music, if you get in touch, we will pass your details on to uh, the folks at Isotope and they will be able to uh, bestow vocal synth 2 on you, which I think you'll probably have a lot of fun with. Definitely. Well, not probably. I think you definitely will have a lot of fun. I think you definitely. That's a bit of a, a, a non-definite statement. Uh, right. Uh, let's see what else have we got ah yes Let's have a look at this this is uh, the new seek 12 or seq 12 for mode machines a big old hardware sequencer with uh, 12 tracks and 16 rows uses those really neat nifty little kind of uh, low profile led back buttons for controlling and recording midi and cv looks like a very powerful thing. It seems to be a, a, a kind of growing market, this sort of large format hardware sequencer. This is the teaser video. The only other video they had was just really appalling musical examples, and I didn't really want to do, you know, do them any disfavours. So there's a whole bit. It's like a sort of Tenorion vibe. 12-track matrix sequencer. I think I've got a picture of the actual thing here, which I should probably just bring up. That's what it looks like. Let's see if we can make that bigger. Does that get bigger? Yeah, probably. Hello. There it is. Gets bigger and bigger. Oh, this is running very slowly. Oof. Oof. But yeah, that's what it does. Now, I'm going to come to you, Matt, first, because I know you're very you're big into the modular side of things. And I just wondered, mm. you know... Because I don't really yeah. get on with step well, sequences. I always find that I start something yeah. and I think oh, what I really want is a little kind of nudge note in there that is something mm -hmm. that's outside of the resolution of the steps I've decided to program in, in the first place. So I always end up getting a bit frustrated. Mm -hmm. I mean, there must be a way to utilise yeah. them better than I can, right? Well, they're, they're a different way of working, a different mindset. And I explain this to my students quite a bit is um, as opposed to step, step sequence in in logic or ableton or something like that when you're face to face with the hardware step sequencer you are you do approach it in a different mindset and you're going to have different outcomes based upon that and the functionality of it um so it ha yeah it has its pros and cons i i've used quite a few step sequencers particularly in the modular world i've got the eloquencer by winter modular and um the squarp uh by hermod no sorry hermod by squarp instruments uh, I've got the ER101. They've all got different ways of working and what have you. Um, I I don't mind working with them. I I like the way that it forces me into a different way of thinking and approach to composition. And um, yeah, I tend to get all sorts of different ideas out of them. But I just looking at the manual on this one, it doesn't seem to me. It doesn't. This isn't CV ready, is it? This is just MIDI out. I think by the looks um... of it. Ah, it's just okay. Got three MIDI outputs. So, 
we'd have to do some MIDI CV conversion there. But then I think you're going to lose what what's really cool about this is its ability to do chord um, sequencing. So I guess you would lose that in the MIDI CV conversion somehow, um, because obviously it's only going to it's going to change that chord into a into a monophonic. Sequence, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. like. So, I mean, when you're if if you're working with a step sequencer, what's the first one yeah. you would generally reach for? Then, I mean, what's the what's the what's Ooh. the one that you just kind of go right? I need to I need to get something down. Get something down. Um, I would probably either go for the Winter Modular uh, Eloquenza. Just it's so so fun to use, so immediate. Or the um, if you want to get out of that world even more, you'd go for something like I've got the Renee by Make Noise. Which itself is it's a different approach to step sequencing. That's the Again. Uh, that's the eloquencer right that's there. That's it there. Yeah, it's really cool. Eight tracks, CV and gate. Uh, you've got probability. You've got ratcheting going on. It's very easy to daisy chain things together. Um, oh, you can have you can have all tracks running at different lengths as well, which I love to do. Um, I like to take three tracks, for example, generate a chord across those three tracks. So you've got the the root the third and the fifth, but have each track running at different lengths with that note of the chord at different times. Yeah, you get um, some lovely counterpoint there that you weren't expecting, lovely. weren't you? Yeah, big uh, the, on that. The, uh, the, uh, this was also mentioned by, uh, let's see, where is it? Oh, I'm trying to find it. It doesn't seem to be there. The 512 from Numerology, which was in hardware. I think we did something on it at Superbooth, and that looked really good because it's it's a transverse, a, a kind of transposition from software to hardware of the sequencer. But yeah, I still okay. can't find anything that I kind of really, that really dig. I mean, I come back to the Deluge again because that looks mm. kind of good. Or obviously yeah. the Polyend because it's just got such a lot of mm. buttons on it, so that might work. I guess what's the what's hardware sequencer do you tend to reach for? You got the beat step. Uh, well, I've yeah, I've got. I mean, I've got well, one, two, three, four, five, about six or seven of them behind me at the moment. So. Um, uh, yeah, and I, what I really like about them is the differences between all of them in terms of, uh, and like what Matt's saying, it's different mindset, but different mindset between each device. And um, I mean, this one, you know, I was salivated over this one. I thought it looked really, really good. Uh, but similarly, the 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 Polyend um, Seek as well, you know, really fancy one of them. But I mean, like, take that for instance, the uh, the Korg SQ One. Um, and it's such a cool little box, especially when you start using it in ways maybe that you wouldn't expect with a step sequencer. And it's like <laughs> the other day, for instance, I in the step jump mode, I realized that um, I could actually pitch. I made a keyboard. <laughs> I just set it to be like a, you know, if you imagine there's all the white notes here and then the black notes, the two and then the three there, just set them. And then in step mode, have all of them turned off just play it like <laughs> a really rubbish midi keyboard <laughs> but um but it, it <laughs> i was using that as an example just that you can do all sorts of kind of interesting stuff with 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 just one of these um and i think that's the thing it's your hands are all over it when you're performing with it uh, and it's just simply impossible to do with a, a with a computer um uh, you know, like, like, like with this one, for instance, you know, you can just set it just to go back and forward between however many steps, you know, and running forward and back, and, or maybe. And I love doing that, just having it run in between just two steps, and I've got 
um, two fingers on both controls, having it locked into a particular scale and then just manipulating the two controls as it goes back and forward, you know, kind of crazy soloing, total crazy soloing oh, by just, mean, operating, yeah. just operating the two as it goes back and forward and it's locked in a scale and, um, you know, or, and things like that that's only really possible um and of course the other thing which i think is a very overlooked thing you can do it with the beat step um which is that thing about uh let the sequence go a couple of times then just put something else in and it instantly uh replaces what's there oh the key step as well is really fun with that um yeah. yeah, I find that that's the, that's the thing I end up in because I, I'm starting something and I go, oh, yeah, I, I'm feeling a little bit of something and I, what I want is a little kind of blip, you know, a, 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 right. something that falls between the eight note. Div- well, look, you can shift on Yeah, but when you're doing step sequencing, say you want to kind of go da, 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 that means all of the steps have to be that far. So then trying to figure out how many rests you need between this note and that, I just, it's just, it just doesn't suit my my musical brain yeah. at all and i can't figure that out so i prefer a real-time sequencer to get the initial feel and if then it could figure out okay so the the division needs to be that if you're playing this so yeah that fill your boots the, yeah. the way that the uh, electron deals with it's quite cool isn't it that it kind of gives you uh i can't remember how many points of resolution between the steps but if you record it with quantize off It'll only record, I mean, essentially, if it's a six, you know, 16 notes, but those notes can be quite off from the grid. Um, and then you can tap, you can touch on any step and then advance, move it forward and backwards and slide it. And it's a little, uh, the screen changes to a little grid. Where well, what was that again? Move, what sequence is that? That's on all the electron sequences yeah, work okay. like that. You know, yeah. so uh, so long as you've got quantize turned off, uh, but but even with quantize turned on, you know, you can hold a step, and then the left and right buttons will will slide it around, and it'll slide it around locked to musical steps, but really really super small. I think I can't remember. Is it 128 right. steps? Right. Or, I'm not sure, but you know, I suppose it's a good way around. Yeah, the big thing, Matt, is probably the biggest change in sequences is was kind of uh, uh, electrons thing, which is the parameter locking, recording parameter changes across oh, yeah. steps. I mean, that just completely changes everything, right? Yeah. Oh, when when you've got changes per step, um, and 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 being able to inject either controlled random or controlled mo- uh, modulation per step, that's when it gets fun. Now, I. I was fortunate to spend some time with uh, James Holden early this year, and he took us through his live set and how his modular synth works. And all of his sequencing still comes from uh, Max MSP. And he took wow. us through the actually the sequences that he'd built. And how I described earlier, where he might have um, a very simple four-note melody playing, each note being on its own track. And after a while, each track would have... Uh, would throw something random in there, like a like a P lock or modulation, and it would go, okay, now I'm going to add a trill onto there, or I'm going to move you forwards or backwards by one beat, or I'm going to uh, add um, an, an octave up on this particular part, and he yeah. would just inject this kind of randomness, uh, this controlled randomness or this controlled modulation per step in a musical way. And the computer would kind of just get on with it. He would set the parameters. So I still feel that software, uh, particularly Max MSP, 
is uh, is still a real leader in terms of putting together something that is so versatile, playable, um, and performative. Uh, and it's in software and performative. So oh, is that a word? I, I should, if it's not. Did I'm I just make that up? I like it. I'm gonna, that's another. I think uh, it's a word. Performative, yeah. right? Let's see. Uh, actually, that reminds me. We did get, didn't uh, Tim Exel uh, <laughs> recently just announced uh, this week the endless. Mm. which is three S's yeah. on the end, which is, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I've paraphrased in the headline to try and get some clicks, but uh, essentially it's a version of Flow Machine you can buy. And his kind of whole ethos is, mm. I'm sick of having this stuff get in the way. You should just be able to do it. And so I guess it works on the principle of, mm. of the kind of looper, uh, uh, but which can self self uh regulate so you know you know you just go i'm playing this in okay that's what the length of your phrase is so therefore this is probably two or four bars or whatever it is i know you you uh interviewed uh him didn't you You did a thing on the flow machine and his other stuff jammed with him this could be really yeah make sure you see that folks if you haven't seen it because it's so much fun it's i mean and seeing tim in action is just is amazing so you know for this to actually be in some way possible for us mere mortals uh it's very interesting but i it's going to be interesting isn't it how they're going to make the in the interface to be um intuitive and fluid uh i i have kind of pretty high high expectations about this to be fair well i think, I think he's been uh, working on it for a couple of years hasn't he so uh, i mean yeah, and, and yeah. still it's not there they're, they're going to go be going into beta test i think they're going to be releasing later in the mm-hmm. in the year and I, I don't know if you could see. I mean, maybe I'll uh, I'll just throw this up quickly because we can see roughly. If, if I can make that full screen, I can have a quick look at that. This is his oh, existing. Uh, That's his existing flow machine, which is obviously monstrously massive and too super complicated. So I'm I'm wondering whether it w- will actually be a mm-hmm. uh, reactor-based oh, thing or whether it's going to be here. Mm. It has been long, hasn't it? It's been a time since I last vlogged here on YouTube. That was about two years ago. In that, in, that, uh, <laughs> in that feature that we that we shot though the first one because we did ones about the different uh, slew and slow but the one is about the flow machine and it goes into quite some detail about what is in the flow machine so that will probably give you an idea of what endless is going to is, or at least trying you know, to achieve the, yeah achieve yeah yeah so uh, very cool it's and amazing course, uh, and of course regu- regular guest jamie uh um liddell he's liddell. he's actually of course he yeah he, he lived in the moment of loop and built his own max msp loopers and what have you and then uh, yeah. so you know he's uh, a very he's you know, he fantastic at it yeah really really good i do yeah. i love this idea of this instant composition you know just singing something into the mic looping bits or pulling bits from it stretching it repeating it looping it filtering it adding effects mm-hmm. to it and just building building and building and building but keeping it interesting as well mm-hmm. yeah i uh, know i totally agree I, so uh, yeah, I, I mean, interesting the, time for sequences sorry guys yeah uh, tim yeah. is tim is a, a very skilled yeah. performer like <laughs> as as oh, you absolutely. know which is clear but but i mean what the reason why i'm saying that though is this is like there's a real instrumentalist type virtuoso sort of aspect to, to Tim. Um, so I'm wondering Jamie with well, endless. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it just, so it just mean with... loads of people who aren't very good will end up with kind of uh, <laughs> gigabytes and gigabytes of endless rambling. It's been yeah, easy yeah. for them to do, but you still have to make those creative choices, right? Yeah. 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 So, but what I'm wondering though is, is, is just how, you know how easy will it be and 
because you don't want to sort of sell the idea out from the amount of work and years that Tim's put into developing a lot of his perform, you know, like learning any instrument and becoming a master of an instrument. So it's going to be interesting to see if the if it'll be kind of super accessible so but also has the depth to go into that i'm you know i i've got high hopes for it i think it's going to be brilliant personally and very excited about it yeah absolutely yeah, me too. well um we've been talking about uh sequences but there's also uh seems to be a move a zeitgeist of oh, well I, I say zeitgeist is it really i don't know but this is the uh, uh roland have just announced uh the uh no what is it actually called i'm just going to close that down let's see it's called the uh aerophone go which i'm guessing mm. is something to do with the other stuff you know the the, the gomix pro uh, go mix go no go mix so this is uh, a new wind instrument that's self-contained uh does bluetooth midi uh midi over um uh wire as well it's got a built-in sound generator and the um the, the reason this popped up because there was a, a couple of videos there it is that's what it looks like a couple of videos on synthtopia mm. which i heartily recommend you check out and these are that we don't know the pricing yet but it's interesting isn't it these sort of come in and out of fashion because i mean i guess uh, certainly, maybe in in America, where lots of people are introduced into marching band stuff, so they already know a certain amount of you know. There's a, there's probably a larger base level of people who can play wind instruments to some degree than perhaps in the US, in the UK. I mean, I am completely generalising, but it's an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. I think there were a couple of videos here. Unfortunately, the the demos are always really. I mean, this one's not bad, um, but it's the airphone. This is an onboard sound. Sound like a violin. Very uh, Hans Zimmer-esque kind of soundtrack work. And there's another one here, which is the uh, square lead, which again, it's just, I mean, lovely playing all that. It's just a bit, a bit on the cheesy side. Oh, well, <laughs> oh yeah. Let's but go. I mean, as we yeah. know, I mean, they're really, really, yeah. really good for uh, controlling analog synthesizers because that breath expression is something that's so maybe mm. this will kind of generate a new thing i don't know what do you think i mean uh, do, have you ever seen people playing analog synths with wind uh, controllers it is bonkers i mean will gregory does a uh, the moog yeah. um uh, the moog orchestra or moog ensemble and several yeah, of them are playing them. yeah it's just astonishing. yeah but they they've got also you know they've got velocity going on there and it's very nuanced and they're great players as well what I what I'm excited about this is not that video we just saw, saw there where he's like did it did it although that is very exciting. I'm excited about this because I think I mentioned this a couple of podcasts back in that you know the keyboard is still for some a barrier in that people will sit at it and don't really understand musically how it's determined and how it functions. So. Um, to pick up a wind instrument like this, which is kind of uh, alien in itself, it's almost yeah, there the is same an element of the Star point. Wars band about it, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's almost the same starting point as as this barrier here. You know, you might as well go and pick up one of these things, and you might gel with it more than you're going to gel with the traditional keyboard. Mm. Um, plus, I'm really excited about this because I do a bit of library music as well. I do things for TV uh, and adverts and what have you, and working with strings and. Uh, and, via, and all that you know virtual instrument strings i can see this being really useful in order to get some of that extra expression in there as well which i tend to struggle sometimes with where uh, getting that super nuance in i have to go yeah. and enjoy it with automation 
Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I'm, guess, I'm guessing this is probably about the time mm. you're going to mention the uh, expressive E uh, for, for expression. But wind controllers... <laughs> oh, the touche. Yeah. The touche, yeah. The, the, but wind controllers definitely have a, a certain something. I mean, you can get, you know, it, it yeah. didn't really work. I, I think there's something about the kind of fact that you've got sort of dribble and spit involved that sort of makes it somehow <laughs> less savoury, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that is true. You do have to factor that in because I had the Casio DH100. Do you remember that thing? And yeah, uh, so I really, I oh, I got to find a picture of that silver saxophone. Oh, I, yeah, I was so excited <laughs> to have this. I had it years ago, like end of the eighties, I think, or early nineties. Um, this weirdy Casio silver saxophone thing. Um, uh, I came very close to buying a Akai Iwi a few uh, Iwi four thousand is it? I can't remember which one. Uh, a few years ago, uh, but uh, in the end, I didn't. Um, oh, there it is for whatever. Uh, oh yeah, you found it. Wow. Yeah, there sales it is. and repairs. <clears throat> <clears throat> I imagine cleaning. Can you clean it? Being high on the list of requests for something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, this, the the keys were ever so sticky on it. They would stick down so easily. It was really kind of a yeah. It wasn't. It was pretty rubbish, but it was fun. But I I I, I have got my eye on this. I have to say, uh, oh, for playing analog synths with though. That's for that reason. Absolutely for that reason. I mean, yeah. I play MIDI bass uh, and I do different. You know, I think you know why should keyboardists have all the fun? I mean, I've got loads of keyboards in here, but I'm absolutely dreadful pianist i truly am uh, embarrassingly bad but um you know i just love the sound so any way to get the, those sounds other than using yeah well i mean when um, you map breath control to filter <laughs> and brightness I mean, yeah. it really does come to life but, uh, Dri- yeah. Do you remember though, spit how... is currently the uh, favorite show title uh, definitely <laughs> but, but it's i, I was because you can do this go on, oh, sorry i was gonna say it shouldn't be forgotten though how good a breath how good a controller thumb jam is on the on the iphone and on the you can set it Do you remember we were doing that oh, i mean yeah, and it's right, yeah. super sensitive you kind of sing into it and then it turns your voice into kind of like like midi trumpets and you but you can have it lock into keys and stuff as well so you don't really need to sing in tune you just need to sort of express yourself i mean the thing is you do make some quite horrible noises out your own mouth but it was surprising how well that would actually translate to, to just as a means to get, um, you know, because you go ba 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 ba, whatever, and ba 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 ba. The phrasing, yeah, the phrasing, yeah. The phrasing, yeah. So I mean, Thumb Jam is is a classic. It's one of the greatest iOS apps of all time, uh, and there we that's go. something that what, people often forget about. Go, Matt. I actually haven't. I actually haven't checked out Thumb Jam. I will do, but um, something just came to mind. I, who else uses is the uh, I was quite fortunate to work with the um, Radiophonic Workshop a couple of years ago. And for wow. part of their live, live stuff, they would use a couple of them would use these uh, triggering vintage an- an- analog synths to play live. Um, and I think, yeah, I think, again, it's to do with the nuance and velocity and opening and closing filters and what have you. Uh, I can't remember the exact one that they used. I think it was. I think it was an early version of this, an early Roland one or a Korg one or something like that. Um, can't quite remember. Sorry, best gag so far is uh, Heathcliff are the YouTube yeah. track. Uh, I need a bad Beth controller for when I eat uh, hummus. There we go. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely spot. Yeah, I think, but I, and I think when you hear that, I mean, um, we did a piece on the uh, Moog Ensemble. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel somewhere. And and they were they had three or four people playing Ewees 
and they were going into, I think they were using uh, Mini Brutes, and I can't remember what else. There was another instrument as well. I think maybe a, there was a Moog involved somewhere. Uh, and Because they were playing uh, Bach pieces, and they just sounded so much like horns. I mean, they really, it was kind of like, wow, that sounds, because of the expression they were using to open the filter and change the tomba. I mean, it, it, you know, in the hands of a skilled player, I mean, it's really powerful, that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously, most of us are not skilled players when it comes to uh, wind instruments. But uh, you can, like you say, Gaz, you can still express yourself. That's the idea, isn't it? That's the main thing. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, and uh, I mean... <laughs> Uh, and I think what will be good with this, being as it's a Roland product as well, is that, you know, Roland uh, quite often have um, educational sort of um, tilted uh, equipment. Uh, so I'd assume that this is going to be actually, I think the learning curve for this will probably be very good. And I think... Uh, uh, and I, I, I think because I mean I, I bought the uh, um, Eigenhart Pico uh, again oh, yeah. for we've this got one of those. I had a breath controller, oh, yeah. yeah, and it was just the horridest thing to play. The way the buttons, it was just rubbish. It was, it was you really know, they were trying hard to use to play. Ah, oh, yeah, really hard. It was just you know they were trying to use some of that technology in a small, affordable thing, but it was just really not very nice. Um, but uh, the, but when you you could get very very cool, um, you, it. it when you got it working, it was very good, but um, it was just really horrible to play. But um, yes, so this, I think, I mean, it does look really weird. You know, I don't know how you'd That's feel cool. on stage playing one. There we go. You'd I think probably it, you'd have to like wear this. Do you think silver, these you'd have to look, wear like a space. Do you think these people look yeah, slightly embarrassed, uncomfortable? I don't know, maybe. I think you're going to have to like, get the cape out. The cape. Yeah. Cape out, yeah. yeah. Cape. What was that, that band in the seventies? Space, you know that band, the French band Space. Um, looked like that or something, and and <laughs> with and I think it would look. I think it would look great then, but um, yeah, otherwise, well, whenever, these are the voices that you I get mean, with it, which will, are which are very which are a bit general midi, um, alto sax, tenor sax, soprano sax, baritone. Mm. Seems a bit of a waste having them all sound like saxophones and, and wind instruments. You know, the saw lead, square lead. They, they are yeah. kind of classic. 101 GM patch, GM MIDI patches, aren't they? I bet it's got a GM MIDI pitch, yeah. MIDI, a MIDI uh, chip in there, I reckon. Probably. I, I, for me, whenever I see a new piece of technology like this, I think, what's, how can I misuse this? I often think that's the most, when the most interesting yeah. things come out. When you, when you take a, a, a product and you use it in the completely wrong way, I think you get some much more interesting things out of it. So, you know, immediately I'm thinking about playing drum machines with this instead, or uh, I don't know. Mm. I don't know, you know, connecting it to someone mentioned in the forum, I think, in the chat room about connecting it to the something like the Lyra eight. Oh yeah. Well that would be you know what I mean? Yeah. That would be challenging because that doesn't really respond in any sort of meaningful way whatsoever. <laughs> Maybe the uh, pulse yeah. the what was it, the pulsar thirty two or twenty four or whatever it is, that might be interesting to connect it to, the new mm. drum machine that's uh, working. Yeah. Oh yeah, so drum machine and then a beat repeat and things like that yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on some of the keys mm. and effects so maybe when maybe you can assign some of the keys to turn on and off filters and effects or stuttering or glitching and that kind of thing that's yeah yeah that's when it gets good i i was i was using my um analog four with the neutron yesterday using the cv to control it and set it up initially wrongly so it took two octaves to play one octave and uh, so it was an accident but i was just playing around with that with just a little keyboard on the analog four which is hard half an octave so spreading half an octave over a whole octave so essentially the six tones going into yeah like a wee or quarter tonally so, you know whatever it was 
and I found it really inspiring, the little melodies I was playing on it. So I was kind of thinking, oh, this is this. Mm, I've not really investigated uh, different kind of tunings and stuff. So that was because mm. I know you can do that on the monologue, can't you? You can do all sorts of weird micro tunings. Yeah, I think you can. I mean, mm. there are theories and ways to do all of that stuff, but mm. it, I'm sure we've but about I, micro -tuning I discovered it. It was a mistake. It was a mistake, but I, you know, uh, and it was sort of then playing around with that mistake. It, uh, I wasn't intending to do it, but I just thought, oh, this is so cool. And um, but the reason I was mentioning that, though, just that's a lot of what makes uh, playing sort of wind instruments really interesting. The fact that you can sort of get those in betweeny notes, and you can do little slurs and little things that you have to be yeah, very deaf exactly. very good at it with a with a pitch bend on a on a on a regular keyboard to be able to do that but whereas it's much more natural to do it as a as a mouth thing so <laughs> sorry there's a chat there's a this is a, this is a great a great quote the only solo worth listening worth worth learning is careless whisper yeah i just <laughs> saw that i think that, Baker that's Street. the first yeah. thing you've got to do I yeah. think I think this thing should shoot with a, a a little video to show you how to play Careless Whisper on it. So once you know, once you bought it, close that door behind you, dim the lights, and just have a little oh, blast on the, Careless the, Whisper. I think the title is now "Dribble and Spit Careless Whisper." Yeah, that could be. Uh... <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if you could make a massive papier-mâché sousaphone and then embed the aerophone inside <laughs> the the. So you know, so you'd look really cool on stage then. Um, transpose it down a couple that of could work. yeah that could work yeah take... yeah cooler than playing the actual thing which kind of defeats the point of it it's it's a bit like you know that it does yeah there is a side absurdity about the uh about using those sort of things but yeah i guess people will get over it you know times change there's all that kind of stuff well uh, mm. we seem to have got to five o'clock with uh with very few wow. topics so I'm, I'm very pleased about that so thank you for, easy easy for, for, thank you very much for for guiding us through that uh, hour that uh, as we say sometimes the summer is a little bit quiet and uh it certainly is at the moment but i uh, should quickly before we go uh, i want to just remind you of your opportunity to win a copy of isotope vocal synth we're looking for five the hashtag five vocal tools that's the number five and vocal tools and the hashtag vocal synth two uh, that's the number two to at sonic state and at isotope inc if you join uh, if you tweet those out then you get entered into the competition and we can pick you from the uh, hashtag search technology that we've developed over many years of running this podcast but i think that's probably about it for for today uh, thank you very much don't forget we got the mo, mo grandmother um oh what's this bebot or is that thumb jump <laughs> what's that <laughs> is that thumb jam yeah i was Excellent. trying to do it without Without you can't do it without your though, voice um, coming through. That's a bit tricky, isn't it? Uh, no, but if you do it with headphones on, it's, it's, it's cool. But yeah. Ah, I got you. Yes, I see. <laughs> well, thank you for that little musical interlude. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, most uh, grandmother uh, reviews coming up. Uh, Gaz has also reviewed Yay! the URT, which we're waiting to hear back from Steinberg. Uh, that'll be coming online soon. Loads more content Excellent. from us. We got a, a, a series. Uh, we did a great piece on uh, Ableton Live 10's Wavetable Synthesizer with Simon Stokes absolutely brilliant i mean what you can get out of that and he was a really brilliant guide through that so do stay tuned uh more stuff at sonic state why not subscribe to the channel if you haven't already uh so matt thank you very much for joining us i guess uh are you your your student day when do you have to get back into student world i guess you've got what six weeks oh it never ends no no it's it's, it's continuous it never ends um, but i've got plenty of stuff going on outside of here 
I'm just, uh, I figured I'd do a few uh, videos, more stuff on YouTube. Um, having just played a few gigs with the module recently, I thought I'd do a kind of tear down discussion on that about what went well, what didn't go well, get on talking about some of the modules and um, some of right. the things that I do in the studio. I've been getting a lot of emails asking about some of my processes. So I think I'm going to start doing a bit more on YouTube, I think, actually. Well, let videos. us know. We'll be happy to post it, definitely. And, of oh, course, great. you Thank did you. Uh, you did something on the sculpt. Has that, has that seen the light? Because uh, oh, yeah. the model sculpt yes. launch. Check yeah, that uh, Modal Sculpt. Nearly yeah, 200% Modal, they came funded. To me. Yeah, it's great. Wow. They they dropped that off at my at my studio. They ran me through it. I had a prototype, which was see-through. So it's quite hard to see the things written on it. So it took a little bit longer. Um, I literally had a couple of days with it. Um, I've still got it, actually. It sounds great. And I did a track for them. You can check it out on there. I think they posted it on the Facebook page. And uh, yeah, I just I put together a track with it, showing off some of the, the different types of sounds and the weight voices uh, the delays and and that kind of thing. So head over ah, here to we go. Matthew Hodson demo. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, it is. there we are. That's it. Yeah, we could play it's out a with bit that. Bit techno. All right. We could play out with Happy that. Uh, and Gaz, thank you very much for joining us as well as mm. ever. Uh, a pleasure to yeah. have you. So, anyone in Bristol Saturday, Rumbelows, my surf band, are headlining the Grain Barge stage at the Harbourside Festival. Free. Uh, Bristol Saturday so it's going to be nice uh, another thing though um, thanks to Mr Richard Alpin he gave me a copy of the uh, Neutron manual uh, oh, nice. so I've had a Neutron like a prototype oh. but I never had a manual with it um, and it was just one little thing that I wanted to mention about it I didn't know about if you press and hold uh, I can't remember what button it is uh, the, um, uh, I can't remember at the moment but it it makes the uh, the LFO uh, knob a, a tuner so you can actually tune it'll, it'll show you whether you're sharp oh. or flat for setting oh, okay. the oscillator there's loads of little features tune. in there actually there's a few of them yeah super cool uh, people know, have been talking had that. yeah and one one quick thing people have also been saying uh, um, drum brew impact which apparently is live tomorrow because uh, it was leaked mm. I happen to have one yeah <laughs> nice here we go. This is like Tim Exile, yeah. a bit of bit of live improvisation here from Nick. Yeah, I'm not very good on drum machines yet, and I haven't really figured it out because it's it hasn't. I haven't got the manual for oh. it yet, but that'll be coming soon. I was going to join anyway. in. I was going to join in on a sax. Oh well, yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> I ain't got anything. I think that. You've got your track is the background. Oh, okay, fine. I've done my Which, bit. Which these could everything could just be completely out of time. <laughs> anyway folks thank you very much for watching that was uh, the end of uh that sonic talk episode uh through uh four five four one gosh not four five one five four one thanks for watching see you next time <laughs>